1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
2: And uh, the Sharks uh, signed Thomas Portolo today. Um, Is uh, is he going to play tomorrow? Yes.
1: All right, good afternoon, everyone. That was the interaction in between Shang-Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California and head coach Bob Bugner after last night's loss to Dallas asking about Thomas Bortolo. Uh He was signed to a professional contract. He was said to be heading to Minnesota for today's game and Bob Buchner confirmed it that we will get a look at the Sharks future uh, when he joins the team today and takes to the ice and we get to see what exactly is there now Bortolo if you've had any uh, opportunity to watch him at the collegiate level obviously very very exciting prospect it seems like everybody on that Michigan team is an exciting prospect but Bortolo is uh he's he's very, very exciting. No, no better term to describe it. If you've watched him play, he's a playmaker. He makes great moves out there on the ice. He has the ability to pass. He considers himself more of a playmaker as opposed to a pure scorer. But you know, I am sure that he will be able to have the opportunity to show those skills in very, very short order. Obviously came in with the Barracuda, had a nice impact. The Sharks saw enough. They said, let's bring him up. And so now we get to look at Thomas Bortolo. And you know, this is what the Sharks season has turned into. And I don't don't have a problem with this at all because obviously you are not vying for a playoff spot anymore. You are no longer trying to look at what else you can do to make yourself better in the here and now. You are trying to make yourself better in the long term. And yeah, I suppose there's always the risk of injury for a player uh, coming into the NHL for the first time, but that would be true whether it was in April or whether it was in October. So I am not particularly concerned about that aspect of this, but I will tell you what, I am just excited to see more and more of these young players that represent hope for the future because I think that's a, a big part of what we're looking at with the San Jose Sharks right now is the future. We have to start evaluating these players. We have to start looking at what they represent what they can do and what they can bring to the ice. It was something that Bob Bugner was talking about after last night's game. Yeah,
3: I thought the young guys all played well. I thought that, uh, um, you know, Weatherby uh, coming in, I thought he played fine in the middle. I thought he had a little trouble in his face-offs, you know, but uh, I thought Reedy and, and, uh, you know, Sasha, uh, Merckx, all those guys gave us, um, you know, good minutes. Um, You know, it's just a matter of you know, being a team that uh, tries to score a little more to cover up the odd mistake. And, uh, um, you know, we, we just, we, we, we've been like this for two years. Um, nothing's changed. So, um, you know, we're in games. We compete hard. We have young lineups. Um, just got to find offense. And the offense is the big problem right now for the
1: San Jose Sharks as we look forward, as we look at the future. And that's something that we are hoping to see more of from a Dolan, a Greger, and a Shemilevsky, which is what Bob Bugner was asked about also after the game last
3: night. Yeah, I thought uh, all the guys he listed played uh, uh, pretty well. I think that, uh, you know, guys are being put in positions maybe uh, uh, a little unfairly, but uh, there's an opportunity here. And, and, you know, all those guys, at the Noah's speed was, was obvious tonight. He had another chance on a breakaway. And, uh, um, you know, those are plays you'd like to get finished. I mean, Rudy had a great chance on the two-on-one with Cooch. Um, you know, those are those are um, high-end chances that you'd like to see finish. But uh, um, like I said, it's not for uh, um, not for the lack of being ready to play and executing and, and being structured. I think that uh, you know that team over there is a desperate team, like I said. And I think we you know we went toe to toe with them. Um, and I think I just looked at before I came in, and I think the chances were ten nine for them. So. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good stat on the road for us.
1: Now, obviously I do not want to put too much pressure on a player like Thomas Bordelo but I would not hate if he does come in and show the immediate ability to impact the Sharks offense, to create more opportunities. This is something that I talked with Nick Nolenberger about the other day, just getting his thoughts on what he saw in Bordelo's debut with the San Jose Barracuda in which he did have three assists.
0: Yeah. It took him a minute to get a point at the ahl level in his first pro game it was funny i was still going through the lineups (laughs) when uh the the goal was scored so um yeah pretty good debut it it was funny too because the assist had not originally filed in on the the second and third assist right away um i think well one of them i believe was a primary but one of it was Mm -hmm. a secondary assist so all of a sudden i take a look i'm curious i'm like okay he's got an assist here What what else does he have? How many shots does he have on net? And all of a sudden, I look at the box score, and it had an adjusting at three assists. And at (laughs) mid-game, I'm like, are you kidding me? He's got three assists already. So um, quite the debut. He's a really interesting kid, and I think Sharks fans will find out a lot about him over the next handful of months, especially going into next year and into training camp. Now that he's officially a pro, his college career is behind him. Mm -hmm. You you can't play any pro games and then go back and try to play college. So he is a pro now. What's going to happen with his contract, we'll wait and see on that. Um, but eventually it'll get done. There's no doubt about it, but he he is an interesting kid because he's 20 years of age. His dad played in the NHL. His dad is a development coach in the NHL with the Predators. His grandfather played in the NHL. He's got a lineage that not a lot of kids have. And what that provides, I think, especially with a dad who's in a coaching realm is he's just advanced beyond his years. You talk Mm -hmm. to him. He's really mature, well-spoken, speaks multiple languages. He's very worldly. He was was born in the U S Grew up basically in Europe while his dad Mm -hmm. was playing pro hockey. And now he calls Quebec home. So he speaks French. He he talks to all the French players. Yet he played for the U.S. National Program uh, in the States, representing the U.S. Played at an American school at Michigan. Um, Just a really interesting kid, really fascinating background, but very mature, And you watch the way he plays the game. I know it was one game and one sample size, but um, the way he thinks the game, the way he processes the game, he's got natural scoring ability, but I think, and he admitted this before the game as I spoke to him, he's much more of a playmaker. So now is he going to score goals? Sure, but he's also going to set up his teammates. He's going to provide more space, more time to to execute plays just off his vision and his hockey smarts. So really encouraging prospect beyond just – the surface level stuff, there's a lot there that I think Sharks fans should be really excited about. I'm excited to see what he does in training camp next year because when you get him with NHL players, we'll see how those skills translate, how fast he's able to process information. But I think his learning curve is going to be accelerated because of his background.
1: And Nolenberger offered a bit more on Bortolo.
0: And they're modern forwards too. You look at Bordalo's size and he's five foot nine, close to maybe 180. So he's not a huge guy. But you see the skills firsthand. Like he made a move in last night's game that most guys would have – I think he was carrying it down the right wing. And most guys would have tried to open up and play it on his forehand. Instead, he kind of twisted the wrist and flicked a little quick backhander to the back post. He had Hulkawaks chasing, trying to chase it down. It was maybe a six inches too, too long. But just the, the wherewithal to try to work it to his backhand as opposed to opening up his hips and, and trying to make a forehand pass – you just don't see that very often. That's a confident player. These young players have a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger, but for him to, to just try to execute that and do it in qu- in a quick motion, not, not slow, try to get it over to his back end. I mean, it was quick. It was bang, bang. He, he had it off his tape and it, it was just like, wow, that was a pretty slick play. So Um, you're absolutely right. The, the tempo and the pace that these forwards play with, um, is pretty impressive. It's really fun to watch. And that's why all of a sudden you jump into a pro game and they're able to step in and pick up points just like that, because they have that type of ability. It's all the other things I think that'll get you to the NHL and allow you to stick. And that's taking care of your defensive zone, you know, being responsible, all those things that coaches love, but the skill you can't teach, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that he's got that in his arsenal is what makes him an encouraging player and why you take them where they did and you talked about that michigan team seven first rounders on that team and he finished basically top five in all scoring categories yeah and the year before was named the top freshman in college hockey so he caught he accomplished basically all that you could have asked for i think he would have asked for a national championship <laughs> they came up just short falling in the semi-final scored in that game against denver but uh really exciting and again you said it off the top. I don't think you could have really asked for a better debut. And as Roy said, very classic Roy response. I think he's going to think this league is easy. Um, I could have guessed that response if I had to guess what Roy was going to say post-game, but obviously being a little bit facetious. But um really exciting to see him get into the lineup and really not only gave the Barracuda a jolt, but I think it's gonna give the organization a jolt going into the offseason.
1: And these are exciting things for the Sharks. You want to have prospects that you are excited about. I mean, we all know that for so long, the Sharks traded away the future to focus on the here and now and make this team a contender every single year, of which I have no problem with. And in retrospect, that was the right move. You had many, many deep runs. You had great teams. You had sustained success for two decades. And that's exactly what you want to have in the NHL. But, of course, now it puts this at a point where you're trying to you know, build back make the team competitive once again, and that does take some time. And, you know, the losing does hurt right now. A lot of these young guys are getting these chances, but, of course, um, it is coming in the midst of a lot of losing, which is not fun. I mean, when I think back, and I'm not holding this against them, but when Timo first came into the Sharks, when Hurdle first came into the Sharks, with Logan Couture when he first came into the Sharks, these guys were all going into very, very good situations. These guys were all coming in and just looking like they had you know, just uh, everything around them that they could possibly need. And they did. They were surrounded by so much talent that it allowed them to all blossom and grow into phenomenal talents themselves. They were phenomenal talents as they were currently constructed, but the fact that they were not the main guy that the other team was trying to stop. You know, it was like Logan Couture was one of many problems. Timo Meyer was one of many problems. Tomas Hertel was one of many problems that the Sharks brought to the ice every single night. So that was what I just thought to myself and said, yeah, I mean, this is a it's a totally different scenario that these guys are coming into. Not that the current Sharks are lacking in terms of talent. Logan Gachure, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, those five guys alone are phenomenal talents. I'm not denying that in the slightest, but across the board with the Sharks, this team is not what those previous Sharks teams were. There is there's no denying that. And I don't even try to claim um that there is something you know, that these teams are as good now as they used to be. No, we still have talent. We just don't have the depth of talent. And that's why the Sharks continues to have struggles when they're trying to score the puck. Um, you know, Nick Bonino talked about the impact of everything over the last couple of games. And, you know, just if a loss like last night's would be different if they had gone four and four in their last eight as opposed to losing.
2: I don't think so. I mean, losing is losing. No one wants to lose. Um I think, you know, personally, I'm proud of the way we have battled the last eight. I mean, we don't look like a team that's out of the playoffs in our our hunger and our effort, Um, you know, and our execution. We're playing well. We're we're just not scoring um, as many goals as the other team is. And uh, obviously, that's an issue that, um, you know, makes you you lose. But um, for us, I think there's so many good things that – that we've taken away from these and um, it's uh, it's obviously the one positive to take out
1: of it. And he was also asked about what these young players should be thinking right now as they go through the tough times with the franchise.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the NHL. So um, you're always being evaluated whether you've played 800 games or five games Um, teams want to be the best they can be, you know, not only this year, but next year and moving forward. So um, everyone's got something to play for. Um, you know, first and foremost, pride. I think losing sucks regardless of your position in the standings. And uh, we, um, we've we been in every game and we haven't been able to get the win. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to to get one here.
1: And Benino was asked if he was pleased with what he was seeing from the younger players.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to, you know, be in games with playoff teams if you're not getting contributions and, and effort and um, solid play from from everyone in the lineup. I mean, these guys um you know a lot of them started in in uh with the barracuda and have come up and uh it's definitely a learning curve the nhl and um you know it, it's it's not easy but uh you know your first 10 or 15 games you you've got adrenaline and and um you, you almost always look good and i think it's it's being consistent after that that uh as the years gone on guys have gotten better and better at and um that's what you need to be an everyday player is consistency and, and effort and um as the years gone on, it's it's uh, there has been that for sure.
1: If you can't get to the playoffs, you need to be preparing your team to get to the playoffs, and I feel like that's what the Sharks are trying to do right now, and trying to make use of this season the best that they can. And we all know that change is coming in one way or another with the incoming general manager. It's going to be his team. He is going to be the architect. He is going to be the one in charge of everything. And, you know, that means he's probably going to want to be a harsh evaluator of talent with a lot of these younger guys. And he's probably not going to look at them maybe through the same lens that led to them being brought into the franchise in the first place or led to them being drafted or led to them being developed. Whatever it is, their unique paradigm is again their unique paradigm. They're going to look at things through their own lens and figure out what they want to do to put the Sharks in the best position to win. And I think that's what, you know, Nick Benino has alluded to and Eric Carlson has alluded to and Logan Couture has alluded to. They're all talking about, you know, they're all being evaluated and watched right now. It's not just the established players, it's the prospects as well. And, you know, I think we see a lot of what these prospects can bring to the table and they've been establishing themselves as being able to play in the NHL. But there's clearly a different level of ability than playing in the NHL and thriving in the NHL. I mean, Mario Ferraro came into the NHL and thrived pretty quickly. It was pretty immediate, it felt like. Uh, Ryan Merkley, you know, he came into the NHL and it showed he could play, but his, you know, his climb has been a little bit different. Now, totally different game. He's more of a transporter of the puck. He's more of a passer. He's more in lines of an offensive blue liner, as opposed to what we see from Mario Ferraro, who is... You know, just been a great defender and is adding more offensive elements to his game. But this is how it works. You know, some guys, you know, Kale McCarr, he came into the playoffs for the Colorado Rapids a couple years ago and was immediately a contributor. And now he finds himself as one of the best, you know, defensemen in the league. And it's something that we immediately should probably remove from how we're viewing a player like Thomas Bordalo. I don't want him to come in and be, you know, remarkable right away because you don't. It shouldn't come easy, right? Like if it does come easy, you worry about it being a flash in the pan and then it goes away. I would like to see Bortolo get out there on the ice. I wouldn't hate to see him have some success, but I think this has got to be a grind for him because you know a lot of the guys, it's that second adjustment. They come in and have success and then the league adjusts for them and they don't know how to adjust their game a second time. They adjusted it from collegiate or whatever league they were in previously to the NHL. The NHL adjusts to them and they don't know what to do at that point. And that's, that's what happens to a lot of guys. They don't know what to do when they get to that next wall that's in the middle of the roadway that is their career path. And that's that that happens. Listen, this is not just unique to hockey. That happens in every sport. And so what you're trying to do is hope that you will have Bortolo come in as being achievement-oriented and have a path to climb to learn and understand how to deal with everything that's going to be thrown at him. I mean, yeah, if he comes in and he's a transcendent talent right off the bat and immediately looks like he is ready to be a superstar in the NHL I'll take that by all means but I think if there's been ever something to pay attention to that has a you know relationship to what we potentially are about to see is that you know Trevor Ziegris has had moments of brilliance for for Anaheim it just hasn't translated into every game in and out and obviously he's getting better and he's still at the start of his career but you know I look at a hyper talented player like that and it's just it's not easy I know that you see you know a Matthews come in and score four goals in his first game and I know that you know, some players arrive ready to go. It happens, but I just think like, hey, let's let's see a development happen here. Let's not see a ready-to-go player. Let's see a player who has to learn more about his skill set and about his game and not try to force it into the NHL, but adapt and build his game to what the NHL is asking of him. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll take the transcendent talent any day of the week, but I also know that there is a danger with that early success for a lot of players because they they don't know how to make that next adjustment. I can make the comparison to any number of sports because, like I said, this isn't just hockey, but it is something that I I definitely will be paying attention to. And, you know, listen, I'm not against him having success. Don't get me wrong. I just want to make sure that there are the typical stages of development, and I don't expect him to come in and light the world on fire. Um, And if he does and it stays at that level, then, yeah, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. But we've all seen it where a player comes in hot, meets that resistance, and they don't know what to do next. Um, but it's, again, this is exciting. I try to look at what we're going to see with the rest of this season. And I expect to see the sharks continue to battle out there on the ice. It is an overused term with the sharks this year, just like frustrated. But at the same time, it's like, Hey, you know, if you can't be excited about the here and now, because you're eliminated from the playoffs, let's start getting excited about the future. I know I was excited every single time that William Eklund touched the puck earlier this year. There was something exciting happened that happened when he was on the ice and when he was out there in control of things He wasn't ready yet for the NHL. You could see that but at the same time you thought things were you know, there, there was obvious Obvious potential there and that's kind of what I'm hoping to see with Thomas Bordalo. I don't want to see the finished product I want to see the potential. I want to see the reasons why we should get excited I want to see why This guy has been driving us all so high with our hype and our hopes. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Even that is probably too much to be asking of uh, of a kid about to play his first NHL game. It's really, it's it's not necessarily unfair because this is what his career path has led him towards. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure on a young player who's never played at this level before. And he's going to have all eyes on him. The entire San Jose Hockey World is... all zooming right in on him to take a look at everything that he can potentially do for the future of this franchise. All right, we are running out of time here on The Build Up. Be sure to join Dan Ruzanowski at 2.30 for pregame coverage today as the Sharks take on Minnesota before they come back home for their final homestand of the year. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.